Varen, you feel a sudden pain as you fall into a plow of snow. Behind you, a sound sort of like a whirlpool has uh, just closed. As you find yourself a little dazed and confused. The first thing that you feel right after the sudden cold of the snow that you have landed in is a pain on your arm. The hell? You look at it and there is a blue marking like a handprint though substantially bigger and with only three fingers and a large thumb on it. It burns into your skin like uh, like frostbite, uh, blackening your flesh. But a moment later, it kind of absorbs into your skin again. And you feel normal, but not normal. Who are you? I don't know. You, you look around, and you're in the middle of a meadow. Everything else is green. It is a, a sunny day. There is, you know, birds chirping, uh, insects flitting around. And yet, near this large basalt stone archway, there is just a pile of snow around you. But next to your hand that you just looked at, there is also a gun and a white raven. As you reach out towards the gun and the raven, the raven makes a and then also absorbs into your skin, taking the form of a tattoo. Yeah, I don't think birds are supposed to do that. You pick up the gun. It is unfamiliar and yet still somehow feels right in your hands. For a moment, the raven comes out and it's just its head and it's pecking at your overcoat that you're wearing. Okay, I don't know how there's half a bird coming out of my arm, but I'm just going to move very slowly to let you get whatever it is that you want. Once you open the pocket of your jacket, it reaches in and you might have expected it to grab food like some nuts or pieces of bread. Instead, it pulls out something metal and cylindrical, then places that inside of the weapon that you're holding. I didn't even see a hole in How did you get that in? I have a bird coming out of my arm and whatever this is. Why am I why am I here? Or where is here? You will have to find that out as you go and start to explore the rest of Galarian. This is Ashen Snow.
We go to Goka, seeing the large tournament chambers for the Fist of the Ruby Phoenix tournament, the winding pillars for the Ares of the Drakes, and then we come over to a temple of Erori. In it, we see people who are practicing various martial arts, studying different texts of Erori, the histories, and also seeing to their holy duties. But then the further in we go, we start to see an open space in the middle of the temple. Uh, there is no ceiling and is encapsulated by a garden. It's a place of beauty, a place where people might go to meditate, uh, reflect on their teachings, but today it is anything but peaceful as two people are arguing. One is a human monk of Erori, Master Tai, says, you have got to stop this quest, this feeling of entitlement. You have a place here in the church. You are supposed to serve a Listen, listen, I know that you are just always trying to tell us one thing, but I know you're hiding something from us. Just tell me what you're hiding. Tell me what you're hiding and I might, I might believe you. Who is it that is arguing against Master Tai? In front of Master Tai is this tall orange-furred figure, face and features of a monkey, and as he is beginning to yell out, we see this flame beginning to expand off the top of his head. He's wearing the standard garb of a of a member of the Aurori Church or Aurori students, and he is starting to sweat a certain smell of charred fur maybe beginning to envelop ever so slightly as he gets more and more frustrated. His hands are in front of him. He is holding his hands almost in a fist, but not quite, not quite committing to that. Master Tai says, listen, I don't know where you got it in your head that you are some special creature destined for more. You are destined for no more than any other of our following, of anyone who takes up religious patronage. We are here to serve our goddess and to make Galarian a better world. The sooner that you come to accept that, the sooner that you become part of the whole, rather than just viewing yourself as the one, the sooner you will find your own meaning within these sacred halls. I I don't know what game you are playing or what your fellow priests and priestesses are thinking about, but I don't want any part of it. Find some other monkey to play your stupid game. Uh, with that, Vin takes off, grabbing a, a tree branch uh, with your ape-like reflexes and hopping over the roof as Master Ty says, then wait! But you pay him uh, no heed. You are very familiar with the rooftops of, of Goka and 
are able to navigate through the tops above the streets, flying over rooftops and leaving the world that you knew behind you. It isn't too long until you get to the outskirts of Goka, where the island again turns into a lush and dangerous jungle. You travel through it and aren't even thinking where you're going. Uh, You just know that you need to get away from there. You find a nice clearing sometime later where you're able to to catch your breath and your mind starts to, to clear a little bit. What are you thinking about as you have seemingly finally unshackled yourself? Ben maybe a little more calm the adrenaline's going out of his body but he's still he's still angry and he holds that anger close to his heart as he very reluctantly starts looking for an encampment uh, as he realizes the soreness in his body but the same thought goes through his mind he is racing against a force he doesn't understand and the temptation to just keep running and running against some imaginary clock is ever-present as he looks over his shoulder, grabbing some twigs for a fire. As you are starting to, to build your camp, maybe one of the first nights in your life, away from the relative comfort of the temple, you start to hear a voice calling out to you. And slaps himself. You you slap yourself, but the voice is is very real. This is not just something from your mind. You are hearing someone calling you, but it's not Master Tai. Uh, even if it was that familiar voice, there's no way that they could have followed you up here in the same amount of time that it took you to pass over the cities, the city of Goka, with all of your acrobatic feats. Grabbing a nearby stick and holding it in two hands. Who's there? Who, 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 who is, who, who's there? You start to follow the voice and it's there at a waterfall that you see a figure that you have seen your entire life, but never met before is the goddess Irori. She's speaking to you behind the waters of the waterfall. You can see behind her, there is a glowing taking place. Her image is clear, though also a bit obscured by the flowing waters. Vin, my son, why do you run from me? Vin, like, does one of those things where he faces the waterfall, slaps himself a couple more times, turns around. It's all in my head. It's all in my head. It's all in my head. Turn back. You're not real, right? Right? Vin, I am as real as the flames on your head, as the water that touches your feet. Is that an illusion too? Vin, for so long, you have run from me, but I have wanted nothing more than for you to join and embrace me. Running was a recent development. I'm going to start approaching the waterfall. Vin, I can... Sense your frustration, and 
I sympathize. You have not been told all that you should have been. You know this to be true. Your destiny lies more than just being a humble monk handing out soup or tending to hollowed floors sweeping up the trash. I know that. You knew that. I think more people knew that, but no no one believed me. They're just trying to hide things from me. So so you're saying it's true. What the, the things I heard are, are, are about me. I am saying that it is time for you to embrace your destiny, and I can help you do that. Then come to me. Come and finally embrace myself and your future. With a moment of trepidation, Vin takes a step forward, then takes another step, and then the pace begins to pick up, going to a walk, then a jog, then a sprint, as he jumps through that waterfall. As soon as you feel the first bit of air on the other side of the waterfall, there is nothing. Outside of the grand city of Absalom, the greatest city in the world, there is a small logging town that recently has been befallen by different kinds of terrors, whispers of dragons underneath fisheries, of a lighthouse destined to bring back the dead, have circled around and have attracted many adventurers, one of which is a half-elf, accompanied by Alana Lassikar, a old-time member of the Pathfinder Society. Here we are, Freya Abernati Otari. There is no finer place to start getting your feet wet as you seek to try to get into the Pathfinder Society Lodge. There's all kinds of untold tunnels and ruins around here. Countless adventures to be had. How do you feel about that? Uh, Freya sighs a little bit and looks around and just goes kind of reminds me of where I, I grew up. You know, yeah, sure, there's adventure underneath everything, but it's just small and stinks of fish. Now, Freya, you gotta look past the mundane. There's the wheel, there's the logging business, the fisheries. But you have to look at all of these people. These are who it means to be a pathfinder. It's not just about the adventure, it's about protecting others. I don't know which of the schools, or I don't know which of the society factions you were thinking of, but as a member of the Vigilant Seal, I view it upon myself as someone who needs to find artifacts and protect those who might be done harm by it. And Otari has had a lot of these things coming up recently. I think that if you just look behind the pale a little bit, you'll find the adventure you're seeking for. Uh, 
If you say so, I... Well, I guess... Figure out what needs doing, I guess. Ah! And uh, she slaps your back pretty hard. But it's clearly out of enthusiasm. I was hoping you'd say that. Always ready to get started for adventure. Now, you see, I happen to have gotten a tip recently about a little ruin outside of the town. Now, it hasn't been any fog fen or tales of zombies creepifying up, but I think it's a good place to get started, don't you? I mean, spooky ruins, you know, I've read many stories about those. I couldn't agree more. And she leads you outside of Otari. You'd think that at this point, perhaps there had been everything that needs to be discovered around the city of Absalom. It is, after all, one of the most visited places in the world. Countless members of the Pathfinder Society have come and gone. The idea that there is something new that has not been discovered uh, seems a little far-fetched to you, but Alina's enthusiasm is a little infectious, and you can't help think perhaps there's some truth in this, that you're about to see or uncover something that no other adventurer had uncovered before. As she finally gets you to your destination, it is pretty late in the day, like sunset, and your gut instantly sinks. The ruins here aren't much more than blocks, some fallen columns, and a lonely standing archway. Now what'd I tell you, Freya? Untold adventures. Now it doesn't look like much, but I have it on good authority that this section hasn't been fully discovered for the very reason that I can see in your eyes. Doesn't look like anything special, does it? That is putting it mildly, Alina. Now, that only is true if you don't do some digging. We gotta get our hands dirty. So, and she pulls out of her pack a tiny little shovel and a brush. Get digging. Okay, yeah, digging. Great. <laughs> you know, shoulder off my pack and, um, you know, kind of take off a little bit of my more traveling gear, sort of the overcoat and unwrap the scarf from around my neck. And uh, as I do that, I, I reach up and I feel the the small snake that has wrapped itself around my neck. Uh, and I gently sort of scratch his head and go, uh, Jory, you might want to move. As I do that, Jory wraps himself around my arm and sort of melds into my skin like a tattoo. And Freya is a little bit on the shorter side. Stands somewhere between 5'3", five, 5'4", five, depending on the size of boots she's wearing. She is pulling her hair back into a very tight bun so it does not get into her face. It's sort of deep strawberry blonde going um, with some more blonde parts near the roots. On her back, she has a short sword. Once she has stripped down her traveling gear, reaches and 
Crab takes the shovel and looks over at Alina and goes, well, where do we start? Alina makes some gestures at some of the leftover bits of some of the leftover bits of the ruins almost seeming like it doesn't really matter where you start, but also trying to deeply emphasize that it does totally matter where you start. As you are digging, you have yet to find anything particularly exhilarating about any of this. The columns have no ruins on them. The stone blocks that are scattered all around here don't seem to take any particular shape. Every once in a while, there is a moment of glee as you dig and uncover something, and it turns out to just be another broken piece of pottery. Are we sure this wasn't a potter's studio? Um, I'm finding a lot of vases. Or what used to be vases. Very well could be. But think about it, Freya. This will be the first time that anyone has cataloged this ruin as the potter's plane. She's kind of thinking and clearly trying really hard to get your enthusiasm up a little bit more. Think about it. We'll be able to submit this to the Pathfinder Society and... You'll be well on your way. <laughs> Freya, underneath her breath, just goes, just do it for the Pathfinder Society. Just say, I'm going to do this. I'm in. <laughs> she can't help but hear your muttering, and <laughs> she says, I know. I'm sorry, Freya. I know this isn't quite the adventure that you might have had in, in mind when you followed me out here, but I promise most of being a Pathfinder is hardly the adventure. The stuff that you hear about people saving the world, encountering monsters that hadn't been seen for thousands of years, that only happens every so often. For the most part, we're just trying to uncover the past and see what life was like at a different time. It's... If I had stayed where I came from, I would be helping my parents run their fishing business. And the pottery is digging up weird pottery from who knows how long ago. Very preferable to selling fish. That's the spirit. Now, come on. We just got a couple more hours of daylight left. We'll make camp. We'll make some notes, compare them, and we'll get that paper written up and submitted as soon as we can. All right? Yeah, sounds good. Um, certainly hope they have good food here. Why don't you check out that archway? Seems to have been standing for quite some time. Wonder if maybe there's something to be said about the concrete that it's using or the, the way the stones are stacked. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... Uh probably stretch out my back anyways roll my shoulders a little bit you know being bent over digging for a while you know certainly makes one stiff yeah you walk over to the stone uh archway and 
there is nothing particularly notable about it. It is interesting that it is still standing while everything else that seems to have been built around it has long since decayed. But no runes, no markings or hieroglyphs. It's just an archway. And you're looking at it, and then you look down, and you can hardly believe your eyes at what you see on the other side of the archway. There is a man, very tall, gruff-looking, and yet you had only heard stories about them. Their yellowish armor gleaming in the sunlight with a large diamond shield and a cup bouncing at his hip. Well, hello there, Freya, Valeros says. Uh, Freya's just, like, holding the shovel, like, kind of stunned, and goes, hi, like, look back behind her, it's like... Alina is not paying any mind to this. She is about 50 feet away, continuing to, to dig, and seems to have not heard that voice at all. Freya, what are you doing out here? This is no place for a pathfinder. Chronicling the past. She's like really trying to be like, yeah, I'm totally doing something. Totally worth it. He he lets out a boisterous laugh. <laughs> Freya, a pathfinder is all about getting out there. Getting your knuckles bloodied and, and sore. It's about getting in the mud and diving down into untold dungeons. That doesn't that sound a lot better than whatever this is? Sort of like lean forward between you and me. Yeah. Well, if you're tired of this, come on with me. We'll find some real adventure. How's that sound? He uh, pours a bit of ale into his own cup and holds it out, offering it to you. Gonna, you know, like, look over my shoulder, like, one more time, just be like, uh, I think I see something deeper in. I'm gonna go look, take a look at it. You, you see Alina just kind of hold up a hand and, like, wave, but is is still intently watching whatever it is that she's paying attention to right now. I will, uh, step towards Valoros. You walk towards Valoros, holding your hand out to accept a cup of one of the most famous Pathfinders that you have ever heard of. And just as your hand seems like it is close enough where you can wrap it around it, there is nothing. We then see in the continent of Tianjia a very peaceful village. It is far away from the hustle and bustle of the large cities, still very rural and yet happy. There are rice gardens everywhere, 
people are getting along and just living life and being very content with it. Along the rice fields, we see a little fox scampering around. What does she look like? Uh, In her fox form, Mia is uh, actually looks very similar to a fennec fox with gigantic ears that stick up and kind of bounce when she walks. She has three tails that she wears out very prominently and very proud. They're always kind of inter-swooshing with each other. And on her forehead, she actually has the mark of a crescent moon. And this little fox is running around, just playing, swatting at butterflies. And eventually you go into the village and hop onto a windowsill, still in your fox form. You look down and you see a woman who is cooking something who just glances at the fox that should be quite startling with only a side glance and then gets back to her cooking. Mia, what have I told you? I don't want paw prints getting inside of the house. She's just like, step, 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 step. Uh, okay. And then like slowly backs up trying to leave, not leave any paw prints, but totally leaving paw prints. <laughs> Mia's father then comes in and looks extremely happy to see this little fox on his windowsill. Mia, come here, my my moon, my stars! And holds out his hands. She, like, hunches down real low and does the butt wiggle thing. And then, like, starts scampering and then jumps and launches and stretches out as far and, and as long as she can stretch. Until she, like, smacks right into his face. As you do and hit this man's face with your fluff, he grabs the fox underneath the armpits and uh, starts to say, Now where's my little girl? Like, me it poofs. Like, in this, this kind of, like, spray of sparks and stars. And, uh... She turns into this human-esque figure. Like, is this what you meant? There she is, and starts to uh, give you a bunch of kisses, Stop like, it. all over That's the gross. face. No! No! I'm an adult now! Your your mom uh, chuckles. Says, dear, you're spoiling her. Everything I tell her to do, you tell her to do the opposite of. Come on, take a seat. You are really excited, Mia, because this isn't just any other day. It is your birthday, and your mom is making your absolute favorite dish. What is it? There's so many. I like so many things. Uh, Cakes with strawberries and sweets and, and sweet rice and I don't know. Leave it a surprise. Flops her ears over her eyes. <laughs> she puts down the food in front of you, and they start to sing celebratory happy birthday song. You open your ears from over your eyes, and indeed see shortcakes with strawberries on them, cut in the shape of half moons. 
I just keep eating. Not clean in any way. There's probably, like, frosting flying everywhere. <laughs> they try to grab some cakes that they can while you are gobbling up at some. Midway through your gobble, though, something starts to happen. The hut around you begins to shake a little bit. And though it's not nighttime, the windows that were previously bringing in stream of sunshine start to go black. Your mother looks around and what what's going on? Your father says, I don't know. He steps up to look outside of the window, but before he gets too close to it, the table in front of you, Mia, uh, begins to shake even more with the silverware and the plates rattling all around and eventually the food falls onto the ground and then you feel it your clothes are starting to flit around you like there is a wind though there isn't any gusting happening inside of the hut and you start to float Mia, what's Mom, going Mom, on? Mom, your mother Dad, says, "Someone help me! Uh, 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 why am I on the ceiling? What's going on? I'm really scared. Please, someone help me! Get me down!" <laughs> your dad comes up to you and starts to grab your hand, and just as he does, there is a little shock of light. Your back arches and your eyes start to glow as well as the moon-like marking on your forehead that you've had ever since you were born. He is pushed away and goes flying into some of the, the chairs and furniture that you have. Your mom says, Bo! She says as she runs towards him, trying to see if, if he's okay. But you are unable to act. Something is awakening inside of you and has taken over your body it's only a second later that the glow disperses and you fall back down to the ground you look around and see your home is in shambles uh, everything is open uh, most things that were laying on countertops or on the table are on the floor and you see your dad is unconscious with a little bit of blood coming off of his forehead. Dad, are you okay? Please wake up, daddy. Your, your mom is doing the same thing. She says, Mia, stay here. I'm going to go get the elders and see if they can apply some medicine. Stay here. She says as she runs out and leaves you alone in the house. Your father opens up his eyes a little bit. Moonbeam? He, he says to you. But something else starts to happen to you, Mia. You see your father, but as you're looking at him, he becomes blurry. The 
image that was so clear previously is becoming fainter and fainter. Mia, my moonbeam, this isn't your fault. You know that, right? Wow, this is a lot to take in all at once. Oh my god, this is a terrible birthday. Uh, my eyes... I can't... I can't see you. Mia, I don't know what that was. But you'll be... Okay. And there is a final gasp out of your father. But at this point, you are almost completely unable to see him. Except for as a outlined shape and it's this and the sound of people starting to to wake up or not wake up but starting to gather and wondering what that sound was and what happened you hear the elders starting to say like get the chief and all of this and knowing that no one else is going to understand what's going on and in an instinctual moment you turn back into your fox form and jump out the window you start to run into the woods as far and as fast as you can as before when it seemed like it was just dark is actually starting to get fairly dark right now you can hear distant calls Mia! Mia! as people are looking for you but you have no desire to be found right now eventually you do however stop when the, the sounds of voices are too distant to be able to be heard you change back into your human shape or mostly human shape and where your fox form might not have been able to supply this, your human form can, as tears are streaming down your face of confusion and sadness. You see, however, or more likely hear, a, a kind voice. What's wrong, little girl? accidentally killed my dad and I think I'm being punished by the gods and they're taking my eyesight away. The gods robbed you of your sight? I, I think so. You you look up and it's still really blurry everywhere. You see this almost semi-circular whiteness in a distance and behind that is what looks like the shape of a older woman crouched and sitting by a, a small fire. My dear, have you forgotten where you live? This is Galarian, a land of magic. There is nothing that can't be solved with just a simple spell. Come to me, I will restore your vision and then we can go back to your father and... A simple healing spell will be all that's required to wake him. I'm sure of it. Mia turns back into her fox form because that's where she feels safest and like curls up on this lady's lap. You move to curl up on this lady's lap. Someone who has offered you kindness in this 
very cold and very lonesome period of your life. And just as you make the jump to land softly in her lap, there is nothing. We return to the outskirts of Goka. There is a waterfall that is gently going as it always has. When suddenly there's a and a flaming Venarin flies out and splashes onto into this lake that is formed. Oh. You are trying to get your your bearings when you look around and Aurora's not there anymore. You are back to where you were and you're not sure why you're there. But there's something different about you. You are hearing a voice in your head. A voice that is different than the voice of Aurora that you had heard so clearly in your view minutes ago and the voice says gather with the others huh who what where why me you them there what as soon as you say why there is the sharp pain in your in your head joy the others rude okay uh, wait where go to Ustalav. Uh, oh 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 I'll think about it so Vin gets up he goes into Goka and th- it's weird everyone here is celebrating the finishing of the Ruby Phoenix tournament but it wasn't going on when you went into the into the jungle. You knew that it was coming, but it seems to have already come and gone. People are looking at you. Even though people have always looked at you, Vin, they're not looking at your head, your your flaming hair as was typical. Rather they're they're looking at your throat. And it takes a little bit to find out what's going on, but there is a marking there now. Running up to like a, a basin of water or even like a, a set of water set aside for like horses or animals. It just quickly like lowering my shirt a little bit to see what everyone's staring at. You see this symbol is on there and as much as you scrub, it doesn't come off. This is not like dirt or even a, a temporary tattoo. This is a brand on your throat and despite what you try nothing makes it come off however the more that you try to touch it and try to wipe it away the worse the pain in your head is as you feel yourself compelled to get on to the nearest boat headed to the inner sea regions Ustalaf it is then
outside of the town of Otari, there is some ruins that at this point have 10 foot deep trenches built into it. Frey, you pop out of the archway as you hear a behind you and instantly your face comes in contact with this elastic like rope. I imagine I'm moving a little too quickly and I immediately just kind of like <clears throat> partially clothesline myself on this rope. You you fall and you see that this entire archway is covered head to toe in ropes with flags that say danger do not approach written on them. This was not here five seconds ago. Oh, I just sort of like try to recover from clotheslining myself and looking around, like rubbing at my neck. It's just like being like, fuck, Lena, she's the fucking time magic again. I swear, first time, hilarious. This time, not funny. But you look to see where Elena was, and instead of her sitting there and being a archaeologist, you instead see a very dedicated tent that was sure as all the gods not there before. And in fact, there are people everywhere here. There are people excavating in the big tunnels that have been dug out. Uh, there are the markings of sections that have started to be excavated and are kind of being gone through layer by layer by layer in square five foot sections. When someone looks out and is holding just another piece of that mundane kind of pottery that you had been finding and drops it along with their brush. By Asmodeus, you're alive? Hello, random person. Yeah, like literally, I just, just walked through there. Uh, Elena? Elena! And your familiar friend, Elena, comes out of the tent wearing different clothes than what you saw her in last. Where before, it was kind of like a more casual hiking trip kind of garb. This is full Pathfinder regalia with sword next to her with the strappings of Adventure Captain on her. Freya! Freya! She yells as she starts to run and she comes up to you and embraces you as hard as you have ever been hugged before. You work fast? She then lets go of the embrace and slaps you across the Ow. face. Where the hell did you go, girl? I walked and then I was just, just over there. Then I was turning around and just fucking ropes clothesline me. No, you haven't. You've been gone for weeks. We've been scouring this area high and low, trying to see if there was some kind of arcane artifact that took you away. 
Do you have any idea what this is? No, I just I fucking just saw someone through the archway. This isn't any old archway. Some piece of architecture. This is an elf gate girl. I think I read something about this once. Can't remember what it was. Everything's kind of fuzzy. You disappeared. And it's not just you, it's been happening everywhere. What did you see? I don't remember. As far as I, my brain can think is I stepped through the portal and then I was so through the archway just to take a Maybe I should have thought it was weird that I saw that person there. Why would they be here? Who did you see? Oh, you saw Valeros. God, that's what I'm thinking now. I didn't think of it at the time or how he knew my name. And then she, she stops and looks at you, and her relief instantly turns into concern. Where did you get that? Get what? She gestures and points at your neck. I feel just being like, what are, what are you talking about? I can't see my neck. You feel your neck and you know your neck. Your neck's been attached to you your whole life. There is something different about it now. There are scars there. Indentations in symmetrical shapes that could not have been left by just any kind of wound and it's permanent like trace it with my fingers like try to being like where's, where's my i have a mirror in my bag where is it you eventually find the mirror in your bag and take a closer look you find a mirror in the big tent and as you go into the tent you see that there are entire maps dedicated to this region of the Isle of Cortos. There are markings on bigger maps of the entire inner sea. X's placed at random intervals and scrolls listing missing, 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 as well as pictures of people of every kind of ancestry that you have ever seen in Absalom. But you finally take a look at the scar on you and see a peak-like shape, like a mountain, with a small square on the top, almost like a snowy peak, and a larger arch over it, looking almost like an elongated sun or a doorway above it. You have never seen this mark before. You obviously didn't get this at a time that you remember. It says, you're one of the missing. I'm a f- I found. I'm definitely not missing anymore. <laughs> you found me. And I'm just like, as I'm doing this, I'm like, I'm just looking over myself. Is there anything else that is different? Just seeing like, I've got all my fingers. I've got, I've got Jormungander still around my arm. There is something a little bit different about you. There is a flicker happening around you. You're looking at your hands, and they start to go in and out of visibility. Suddenly, everyone else is gasping as they're looking at you, as you are flickering 
in and out of existence. But to your view, you see yourself in the tent and then in an alternate version of the tent. A different light, a different ray of color as it's just going and then eventually you come back into the material plane holy fuck just draws that out for a minute just being like what the fuck is what is happening to me what is happening to me what is what is this girl something is wrong with you now you always wanted adventure didn't you <sighs> careful what you wish for i guess she she sits you down on a nearby chair mm-hmm. says this isn't the only time this has been happening and i think that you need to take your first steps as a pathfinder now listen to me real closely i need you to find someone he's been looking for people like you and once you find him he may be able to help you find answers. He's in Ustilov. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, 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 I can do that. Ustilov. We go back to Tianjia as a little fox hops out of an archway. The jungle around you is blurry, but it's different now. Where before there was just leaves and trees, you look around and you see the flickering of what you think is candles. It's a little hard to tell, but you can see that there are tables set up and lanterns. Oh, I totally walk over there. Like, Mia just... Happily, do 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 prances her way over to see what's going on. It takes a while for th- things to come into focus with your new eyesight. And as you get closer to this array of candles, you can see that there is a square. A square with an image on it. The closer that you get to it, you suddenly realize who it is. It's you. Is it like liquidy? Is it what does it feel like? It's it feels like parchment as you see the the outline of a drawing of you. The candles are lit all around there and you smell incense burning here. There is something very different about this clearing now. It has been set up with mats, vases for flowers, and you see that there's a string attached to the archway of lanterns that connect to posts that go through a now clear-cut section of the jungle. Uh, lit up. She follows the bright path with the fuzzy eyesight, and, and they probably look like twinkling stars to her, so she's just going to follow them. You follow the twinkling stars, the red lamps that are lit up and like a beacon they bring you back to the village the lanterns go into the main square and then go right back to your home she's like full stops like goes from i'm happy i'm dancing along to like 
full stop of, ooh, I don't, I don't want to be back here. Mm-mm. And then, like, about face turns and then prances back off into the sunset. Fuck that. You get out of there. And as far as anyone knows, Mia is still gone. A door opens up behind you as the last of your little foxtails gets over the horizon. And your mom looks out, takes a look out for just a minute, seeing, was she crazy? She thought she heard a skittering out here. And then the door opens a little bit more. Did you hear something? Your father says. Mia, you take off, not knowing any of this. It is a blurry and scary world for you now. Eventually, you have to come in contact with other people. And they mention the same thing that other people mention too. There is a symbol on your neck. The more that you wander around, the more that you hear that this isn't just something that has happened to you. This is something that has happened all over the world. And you hear there is someone out there who might actually have an answer. Edward Riddleson. Mia will for sure be seeking him out. Uh, But in the meantime, she is kind of like chasing her tail, trying to see what's on her neck. Just the, the, like, running in circles, like, frantically, like, what's what's there? What's there? What's there? (laughs) Eventually, you're able to see it. It is the same marking of a mountain with a door hanging over it. And you decide that if you are ever able to come home, you have to figure out what happened. Because whatever it was, surely it was what happened. It's connected to what happened to you that night. And then we are in Ustalov, a tavern just at a road crossing, a common place for travelers to go to after a long day of, of hiking and walking to finally be able to rest and get some ale, some bread in their stomach, some hot soup. And a man with a gun is sitting there just trying to quietly enjoy his supper. You are sipping on the little bit of soup that you are able to afford after all of your travels around Galarian, collecting knickknacks and trying to find out what exactly has happened to you. When you hear a clatter behind you, you boy trying to remain silent and keep eating for a brief moment, hoping this is not another person just trying to dig in for some crazy scheme going all around the world. There's been so many. You feel a hand on uh, on your shoulder and a man looks at you. He is bald and looks like no man that you have ever seen before. As his skin is marked with these purple glowing veins. It says, you! Just a 
Pull down your Light scarf. Shift with one hand down towards that holstered weapon at his side. And now, why would you need me to do that? I saw it. Don't pretend. Maybe if you tell me what it is, then we can talk. Don't tell me it's not there. He pulls down a uh, scarf that has similarly been covering his own neck. And you see a familiar symbol. The mountaintop with an arch over it. What do you know about it? Now show me. Now show me yours. Just gonna slowly raise the hand up, having pulled the long barrel of this thing up and set it directly in front of him. Alright, deal's a deal. I'm just going to pull that neck down a bit, and it looks like a fresh injury, just like a slightly too far cut that has just been staged with a bandage that's pulled off to hide it as if he had been recently injured over that area, keeping it out of sight doubly so. Where did you get that? I don't know. What gate did you come out of? There were birds. I don't remember where I was. Snow around me when I came out. Snow and birds. Snow and birds. Interesting. And what power He's kind of looked down at the weapon sitting in front of him. That. Not that I've yet to meet anything that hasn't been able to be put down by enough of those. If so, you mean whatever this thing on my neck is? Just kind of look down at his arm a moment, pull the sleeve up to show off the other mark that is covering his entire forearm. I got that one too. Hmm. Hmm. You're the first I've met. I too had this happen to me. You have a bird coming out of your arm? No, you fool! And he takes a second and calms. Do you think I was born? these gesturing at his purple glowing veins well i wasn't going to draw attention to him i assumed if you're calling out about marks and such that those came with it there is something going on you clearly are a well-traveled man have you not heard of the disappearances i've heard of my own as far as i can tell is well hard to disappear where were you between the 21st of Erastus and the 23rd of Lamashan. I don't know. Interesting. That's a straight answer. I'm not trying to hide anything from you. I genuinely do not know. You don't remember what you saw? I don't remember my name. You don't remember what tempted you? Your name even. Fascinating. And he pulls out a notebook and is writing everything down. All I can tell you is... I remember stumbling out of a gate, falling into a snowbank, surrounded by what seems like some forested area in the spring. This in front of me, a bird, whatever this mark is, I found after I found the ace two. From there, I started trying to figure out what happened and who I was. I remembered basics, how to survive generally Galarian as where we are but beyond that not much else then we are comrades we are brothers don't you see we are linked if you're investigating this I suppose further hands and resources trying to figure out what happened would not be turned down you see I came out of one of them one of the elf gates one of the Ayudara is that what they're called in the elfish tongue yes and I believe that we are not the first. I do not believe that we are 
the last. I believe that this is happening everywhere. I've heard stories, people missing all over. And yet you are the first that I have found who has come back out wearing the same marking as me. Can't say I remember running into anybody else that's had them, but I've heard of disappearances and such helped out with a couple of odd situations, but from what I found, nothing's ended up being gesture up to his neck, whatever this was from. And that's the interesting thing. That is the really interesting thing, my boy. I should have introduced myself. I am Professor Riddleson. Well. And I was taken in by this missing moment as well. I saw something. Something that I had craved for my whole life. And then I was out and weeks had passed. Where'd you end up? I believe the same thing happened to you. That matters not. It only matters that you came out of a gate and so did I. And all, every single one of these, and he uh, throws out a map onto the tavern bar. And you see markings of not just the inner sea region, but of Arcadia, of Tianja, uh, with X's everywhere all clustered around these things and circled every single one of these disappearances happened around another Ayudara. I believe that they are the source of this moment. I believe that they are what has coaxed all of these innocents into them. And we need to find them. We need to discover what the cause was. My boy, will you join me? Will you help me find this out? You're offering resources, and you're offering resources, hands enough to figure out whatever's going on and why I can't remember a thing beyond where I woke up. I think we can come to an arrangement. Don't know if it's my name or not, but I've been going by Varen since I can remember. Nice to meet you, Edward. Varen, nice to meet you. And he holds out a hand that is also glowing. Like with the veins or with magic? J- just the veins, yeah. And just a brief, like, solid pause for a moment. Look down. Eh, can't get any worse. Shake his hand with the hand that has the tattoo on it. Quite a grip. Well, when you're holding on to that thing there on the table, kind of got to hold on real tight. Or else it's going to go flying. My boy, we are about to go on an adventure. Well, hey, if it gets me out of Ustalov. With that, you start to travel with Professor Riddleson. You encounter even more people who were taken in by the missing moment. Not all of them came out as lucky as you did. Some people who came back, perhaps it would have been better had they died. For each and every one, Riddleson takes detailed notes about the abnormalities and the various mutations people have formed some of them are mundane and yet crippling others seem to be powers that they hadn't even that that no one had even thought possible eventually over your travels you find others who are like you people who are still able to function but have also encountered this missing moment you find a Venarin, you find a Kitsune, 
and you find a half-elf. Each of them has various stories, various things that they start to see happening to their bodies. And all of them have the same want. To find out what happened during the missing moment. And with that, the Doctor's Illuminated Consortium of Epops is formed. Ladies and gentlemen, playing the role of Varen. I am Arcadis, playing Varen. Uh, I work for the UGT organization, playing with some awesome people here through the Gatewalkers Adventure Path. Playing Freya Abernathy. Hello, I am Aubrey, and I am playing Freya. Uh, you can find me everywhere on the internet at Mad Queen Cosplay. I am the GM of Goblets and Gaze and the technical director over at Queen's Court Games. Playing the role of Mia. Hi, that's me. I'm Misfit or Misfit Playlands. I am also all over the internet and uh, I'm also your local dice slinger. Visit MistyMountainGaming.com and use misfit, code MISFIT10. Get 10% off. Yay. Get new dice. And last but not least, playing Vin Tian. Hi, I'm Christopher Rondo. I'm the owner of Skulls Entertainment and I am your creative producer for this podcast. And I am Pete, your spooky and mysterious rule lord, who will be guiding you through this adventure through the Gatewalkers in Ashen Snow. Ash and Snow uses trademarks and copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Ash and Snow is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo's Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Ash and Snow Ash and Snow is published through Skullstone Entertainment LLC. Copyright 2023.